That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, July 13th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Ubisoft announces Far Cry 6, gives Watch Dogs Legion an October release date, shows lots of Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, and tries not to publicize the big internal changes that are happening within the publisher developer too much. And Devolver made a bunch of announcements as well. Go ahead and warn you now, this is, this is going to be a Ubisoft-heavy episode, but Ubisoft's forward presentation reveals Far Cry 6, lots of Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, and ignores behind-the-scenes issues currently plaguing the company. And then there's more stuff as well. In between Ubisoft announcing its forward presentation plans and actually airing the forward presentation, a lot has been happening behind the scenes at Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's creative director, Ashraf Ishmael, left the company after reports of impropriety related to his marriage surfaced. Just a few days ago, Ubisoft Vice President Maxime Balland resigned from the company after abuse allegations surfaced. Kotaku's Ethan Gotch reported on the allegations against Belland and wrote, There's a story some people tell at Ubisoft Toronto. The studio currently finishing one of this fall's bigger planned releases, Watch Dogs Legion. And it goes something like this. Maxime Belland, one of its co-founders and, until last week, a 20-year veteran of Ubisoft, allegedly choked a female employee at a work party. Some heard it recited as a bizarre one-off. Others shared it as a warning to women at the studio to be wary of Balond. That story is linked in the show notes. And then on Saturday, Ubisoft announced the departure of Chief Creative Officer Sergei Haskoet, alongside Global Head of HR Cecile Cornette and Yanis Malat, Managing Director of Ubisoft's Canadian Studios, according to a story from The Verge's Kim Lyons. All three of them left amid abuse allegations, and Bloomberg's Jason Schreier wrote of the departures and a handful of tweets on Twitter, Whoa, Ubisoft just announced that Sergei Haskowitz, the most powerful creative force at their company and the man at the center of multiple recent allegations involving abuse and abating abusers, is resigning. Top Ubisoft executives Yanis Malat, head of Canadian Studios, and Cecile Cornette, head of HR, are also gone. Ubisoft is cleaning house. This is a huge deal for Ubisoft. Sergei Haskowet was the man in charge of all of their games. With one word, he could greenlight or cancel a project. Many Ubisoft employees believed he was too powerful and too close to the CEO to ever be ousted, no matter how many allegations emerged. Anyway, I've been spending the past few weeks talking to dozens of current and former Ubisoft employees about all this for a story that will be up in the near future. Most of them thought Haskowit was untouchable. This is a stunner. In an internal message to employees tonight, Yves Guimau said he will personally oversee a complete overhaul 
of Ubisoft's creative editorial team, and that his goal is to create an inclusive and open culture that embraces more diverse and multidisciplinary expertise. And that all comes from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. So perhaps, needless to say, things are changing in a big way at Ubisoft, hopefully for the better, but Ubisoft wasn't quite prepared to touch on those issues in their forward presentation and wrote before it aired on Twitter, Ubisoft forward comes during a time of big internal change because all the content has been pre-recorded. We wanted to recognize that the issues we're currently dealing with won't be addressed directly in the show. We will have significant work to do and are committed to this process. We will provide more updates soon. And then the Ubisoft Forward event kicked off, starting with a Watch Dogs Legion short film that seemed to kind of merge live action and animated footage in an interesting, frenetic way that was kind of reminiscent of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a bit. It was visually very cool, showing a hacker outrunning the cops and encountering a cab driver who decided to get involved and help him. But it used prose about Nazism's rise to power, which was arguably done in poor taste. We are talking about video game marketing here. After all, Mike Futter, friend of the show, tweeted in response, Ubisoft appropriating work about Nazi genocide? Are you kidding me right now? Using a piece of prose about the Nazi rise to power and the Holocaust to market your game is tone deaf as hell. Ubisoft has a lot of problems right now, so this is the latest unforced error. So, you know, not the best start to the show. From there, Ubisoft rolled into Watch Dogs Legion gameplay, showcasing how you can use just about any character you find out in the open world to tackle just about any mission. In the game, London is controlled by a mercenary army called Albion, and you're trying to kick them out. We saw a construction worker using his nail gun and a giant wrench to break into a facility, a drone expert using drones pretty much exclusively to break in, and apparently, with great difficulty, you can also recruit Albion soldiers who can walk into Albion facilities and basically function as spies. They also showed an Irish guy who likes to drink a lot and a professional, reminiscent of John Wick, taking out a lot of bad guys with relative ease, it's a game with big ideas, and I am curious if every NPC you recruit will feel unique and worth playing as when it releases, they announced, October 29th of this year. Next up, Ubisoft shared that Brawlhalla is coming to mobile devices soon. It's a Super Smash Brothers-like brawler with lots of characters. They reminded everyone that Might and Magic Era of Chaos exists and showed an animated trailer for the upcoming Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is a strategy game which notably features Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell. That was the only appearance of Sam Fisher. There were no big Splinter Cell announcements, unfortunately. Rainbow Six Siege was mentioned, but no big news was revealed. And then Ubisoft talked about Hyperscape. The fiction of the world has a real Ready Player One vibe to it, with most of the world living kind of inside this popular VR world. It's Ubisoft's take on Battle Royale. I talked about playing the beta recently. It seems all right. It entered open beta yesterday on PC, so you can make up your own mind about it and play it yourself. Microsoft's Phil Spencer made a cameo to share that Watch Dogs Legion will offer smart delivery which means if you buy the Xbox One version, it will automatically upgrade to the Xbox Series X version, which is always a welcome announcement. 
And then it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla's turn. Ubisoft showed lots of gameplay, focusing primarily on the female version of Ivor, which was nice to see because that is who I personally fully plan on playing as. And they showed a lot of stuff. Raiding beaches with your crew, carrying heavy cargo with your crew back to your ship, dual-wielding melee weapons, a Viking harpoon weapon, which seemed cool, looking at your map to track your progress across England, pulling up you know, your hood to be sneaky, hunting for food and upgrades. And they also showed some of the big assaults that will happen. And it's all coming out this holiday. They did not offer a specific release date. It all looked cool, and after the stream, they shared about 30 minutes of additional gameplay. So you can seek that out if you want to see more. After that, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimot popped in to say that there would be another Ubisoft Forward event later in the year, which is good news because, spoiler alert, I I guess, they did not talk about the one game I wanted to hear about, Gods and Monsters, at all during the whole Forward presentation, which was disappointing, for me at least. But something that wasn't disappointing was the official reveal of Far Cry 6. It's a real thing. A snazzy title sequence was shown, which kind of reminded me of a James Bond opening. And then a narrative trailer was shown. The trailer showed Giancarlo Esposito talking to a teen, presumably his son within the story, and he explains to his son how a grenade works, and then he pulls the pin out and takes his son up to a rooftop that overlooks the riots and unrest that is happening in the city, and Esposito's character encourages the kid to drop the live grenade on the protesters below. The trailer cuts off just before the boy makes his decision. It was creepy and dark and, you know, basically Far Cry through and through. One of the most interesting things about the trailer, at least interesting to me, is a theory floating around the internet that the teenage boy, who is also on the cover of the game, is actually Far Cry 3's Voss when he was a child. They look somewhat similar, and the boy has a scar over his eyebrow, just like Voss. I think that's a really interesting and exciting theory. The game is coming out February 18th, 2021. Far Cry 6 was definitely the big news, as everything else had been revealed before, but it was nice to learn more about those games and get a Watch Dogs release date. A shadow of everything happening behind the scenes loomed over the whole presentation without a doubt, but in terms of the games that were shown, it was good. It was a good presentation, even if it was light on reveals. Watch Dogs 2 was supposed to be given away during the stream, but few were able to redeem the offer as the servers got hammered. I tried to sign in to grab my free copy, but I couldn't get it to work. Ubisoft's support Twitter account tweeted, The issue with our log and services should now be resolved. We appreciate your patience. We'll update you as soon as we can with more details on the rewards, even if you are unable to log in successfully during the event. So, you know, hopefully there will be opportunities to grab Watch Dogs 2 soon. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? 
In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Devolver Digital held a press conference this weekend as well, though theirs was a lot different. Devolver's E3 press conferences are always weird, story-filled parodies of your typical press conference. And this year was no different as the publisher turned its parody focus toward Nintendo's direct format. They showed off some Shadow Warrior 3 gameplay, had a bunch of story about what they were doing, and then they had a surprise guest with Sony's Shuhei Yoshida, which, I mean, emphasis on the word surprise, and he introduced a new trailer for Fall Guys, which is coming to PlayStation 4 and Steam on August 4th. The next announcement was that Carry On, the cool-looking Metroid-y kind of platformer where he plays this big, gelatinous, violent blob, is coming out July 23rd for Switch, Xbox One, and Game Pass, and PC. The wildest thing about the date reveal and new trailer is that it was introduced by Microsoft's Phil Spencer. He conveniently didn't mention it was coming to Switch. Just a little odd. And then, uh, Jeff Keighley showed up? To pretend that he was sharing files for another announcement, it was just a weird press conference overall. Some other announcements, Dean Evans, known predominantly for his work on Far Cry Blood Dragon, and Gabriella Salvatore announced they have a studio called Beans, and it is making a game, but it was not ready to announce it, but Devolver will be publishing it. They're looking to hire developers, so they they even offered a link to go look at job openings. Serious Sam 4 is coming in August. Olesia, I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, is a cool-looking pixelated platformer. It's coming this year, and a demo for the game is available now on Steam. Blightbound is coming to early access July 29th on Steam. And Weird West is coming next year. It's an immersive sim created by the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. Devolver also showed and released a game called Devolverland Expo which is available to play immediately for free. And the idea is you're exploring an abandoned video game expo that features demos of Devolver's various games. You can actually collect trailers and art and stuff. Devolver describes it as a first-person marketing simulator. It's a weird idea, but I really like it. I think it's cool, and it's free. That's it for video game news today. It was you know, weirdly kind of light. It was only those two segments. Ubisoft, Devolver. My wife and I played some Deadly Premonition 2 this weekend, which we were very excited about. My wife plays Switch exclusively in handheld mode. She did it with her launch Switch and happily side-graded to a Switch Lite when the model came out so that she would never again have to hear me say, you know, you can play that on the TV, right? But I convinced her that she should at least start Deadly Premonition 2 on the big screen, so we could at least play through the beginning together. And then, you know, when she wanted to, she could cloud save her way back to her Switch Lite. We started playing, and we're laughing at one of the first characters you meet's pizza obsession, 
and we made it through the opening of the game, which basically functions like a visual novel. And then we made it to true, you know, controlling a character and not just conversation gameplay, and were quickly charmed by protagonist Francis York Morgan's lengthy explanation about losing his hybrid car to a thief and having to use a skateboard. And then he also talked about how Michael Bay is the future of sci-fi cinema because he had just watched The Island and thought it was amazing. If you've never played Deadly Premonition, just, just know that it's a weird game. Much like Morgan's lengthy and mostly unnecessary explanation about his car getting stolen, all of that is to explain that we were charmed by the opening, but then a pretty standard tutorial screen popped up saying you can go into the options to adjust things like changing screen brightness, the amount of blood that appears on screen, and most importantly to my wife and I, you can invert the camera and aiming controls. My wife and I both play inverted. Some may call us strange for having to change this setting every time we start a new game, but it's one of our shared quirks that unites us in love. That setting promised in the tutorial, the setting that I have stubbornly gone in and changed every time I start a new game for more than a decade, it doesn't exist. It's one thing to have an underwhelming story, you know, according to the reviews, and an inconsistent frame rate, but to promise you can change a setting in-game and then not actually offer that setting? That's just an embarrassing oversight. That's not so bad it's good, which is, you know, why we all love Deadly Premonition. That's just bad. So my wife and I are going to wait until a patch is issued addressing that before going back in. She's almost got her platinum in Persona 4 Golden, and I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. Thanks, Sony, for the code. So we'll just wait. But it was still a bummer. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyleridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Metroid Other M right now. And you can find me on the MinMac Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.